0: Well, hello and welcome to episode number 201 of Upener FM and a very, very happy new year to each and every single one of you. I'm your host, Chris Ducker, and you are in the right place if you're a personal brand entrepreneur wanting to build a business around you, your expertise, and how you can help the people you want to serve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 2017. I hope you're all doing very, very well and that you had a nice uh, break over the Christmas and uh, early New Year period. Here we are, start of a new year. Let's make this year the best year We've ever had, individually and collectively and as a community. How about that? What do you think about that? Speaking of communities, before I get into uh, today's show with the one and only Brian Fanzo of iSocial Fans fame, before I get into that show... um, want to give you a quick reminder that the Youpreneur Community Academy opens its doors for the first time as a program on January 16. So if you haven't already got yourself on the VIP waitlist, hop over to youpreneur.com, that's Y-O-Upreneur.com, and do so right now to make sure that you can be part of the first ever Academy class. It's gonna be a good one, I promise. So onto my chat with Brian. For those of you who don't know much about Brian, he was one of the first big influencers to get onto Meerkats when it came out and kind of really hit the scene a couple of years ago now. Very, very big on Periscope when it launched. And now, not only is he podcasting like mad and speaking like mad and all the rest of it, he's just doing so much great stuff when it comes to personal branding and getting your message out there in regards to his think like a fan philosophy. Wanted to get Brian onto the show right at the top of the year to go into that, his new show, and everything else that he's got cooking. This is a really enjoyable conversation to begin the year with. I hope you enjoy it. Here's myself and Brian. So Brian, welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me, Chris. I feel like we've uh, been connected for a long time. Excited to be on the show.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm amazed that we haven't gotten around to doing this yet because it's not like we, you know, we haven't talked on a regular basis and things like we haven't really hung out in person all that much. But I'm amazed that it's taken me this long to get you on to the show. So apologies to everybody tuning in for keeping the fanzo away from you for as long as I have. Um, well, I tell you what, that,
1: that just ups that, that just ups the bar, right? It we does. We're at a higher quality since we waited we long enough.
0: Dude, you really got to deliver now. I'm just saying, there's no pressure. So, I, I, I wanted to bring you on, first and foremost, really, to talk about um the new show, the new podcast, it's just come out. Um, but I think before we kind of deep dive into that and the philosophy behind you, bringing it out when you brought it out in the way that you've launched it, I really want to talk about that because you made a major splash right out of the gate with that in in uh, what, late November, early December. And so for me, I want to deep dive on all that. But before we do that, however, I really want to zone in a little bit on the whole, you know. Think like a fan philosophy that you've been, you know, harping on about for years now. Um, I mean, for those people don't that are, you know that don't maybe know a lot about you, it seems like you're on a different stage virtually every week. Keynote speaking, you're traveling around the world, you're doing all this stuff to spread this message and this philosophy out there. What is think like a fan?
1: Well, no, I appreciate the kind words. You know, for me. You know, one of my claims to fame is I've never been a marketer. I've never had a job that had marketing in the title or even reported into a marketing department. And that might sound odd because I'm a, I'm a proud marketer today, but for me, I was, I was a tech guy. I was super into very techy cloud computing, um, very geeky type topics. I was speaking on different stages. And so much of my success um, in the tech space, when people would ask me what was going on, I, I would say, you know, I went to YouTube University, i I believe that my success had so much to do with the the Twitter following that I had built, the community that I had kind of been investing in for the last three and a half, four years, um, you know, as a digital whole. And as I started to realize, so much of my of my success has a lot to do with all of these things that I would say aren't traditional marketing techniques. You know, I, I released my first email newsletter, uh, you know, in late November of this past year where most people at the level that I'm at would have done that four or five years ago. Right. And for me, it was because I, you know, I wasn't thinking like a marketer. I was thinking like a fan and a fan of, of brands, a fan of people. And, you know, one of my hashtags that I embraced early on in my, in my career was I said, show you care. And people would say, Brian, why do you talk about show you care? And and they would say, you know, like, hey, how did you get on Chris Ducker's radar? How did you get on Chris Brogan's radar? How did you get on, you know, Michael Stelzner's radar? And I would always say, like, I, I don't think I I never asked them to be on their radar, but I would find ways to care more than other people. I would I would share their content, but beyond sharing their content, I would add my own insights, and I would I would never make an ask. I was very good at at always kind of celebrating others, and I I've always believed kind of in this idea that. When you celebrate people that align with your philosophy and your message, it allows their story to help tell your story. And I think that's part of what has really been a key to my success. And the think like a fan mentality really came down to I started looking at live video and social media and I started to think, you know, where does the future go? What is, you know, people always, always talk about, you know, the whole sales addict. You know, people buy from people they like. Well, that's true. But. Why do people share certain content? Why do people care about certain podcasts or video, you know, a vlog? Why do why do they so connect to the Casey Neistat or why do they care about what Gary Vaynerchuk's talking about and all of these different things? And what I started to realize was, people, if you put yourself in the in the in the shoes of your fans, you start creating content not to broadcast, not to sales, not to put it in their face, but really you start doing some of the simple things like answering the problems of, the, of your listeners. And you know, one of the things that I've prided myself on was you know, as I was growing my live video audience, one of the things that people kept laughing about was I said the words I don't know more often than I said anything else. And people were like, <laughs> Brian, why are you so quick to proclaim that you don't know something? And for me, I had to go back and look at that. And I said, well, as long as I'm telling people what I don't know... When I am very adamant and I'm, you know, I'm very passionate about what I care about, sure. when I started delivering that content, they didn't have to question if it was true. They didn't have to question if they could believe me because they knew that one of, when they asked me something that was outside of my purview or that was something that I was not great at, especially as a, a new entrepreneur a couple of years ago, they, I was not afraid to say I don't know. So the think like a fan mentality really became one of these things that said, how do you create content not to create fans? But ultimately, just to, to turn your fans into the reason and the motivation for what you create. And you know, Marcus Sheridan has always been a big influence on me. And you know, he had the, the simple piece, like, they ask, you answer. And for me, think like a fan was taking that to another level. And if I could give access to my audience and my fans that they couldn't get anywhere else. I knew that they would come to my rescue and they would be such, you know, big advocates of mine. And I can tell you this year, the success I've had over the last three years is because I've built a very engaged community. But ultimately, I'm creating what my fans want to hear, not what Brian Fanzo thinks is the best.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that you bring that up because I think, you know, number one, I think the Internet is just so full of people – claiming to know exactly what they're doing in fact actually not exactly what they're doing but way beyond right claim uh, and the fact that you you stand up and you say I, I got no idea <laughs> like, I, I don't know I don't know that shows a lot about character and I think that that's one of the reasons why your personal brand as the business that it's become has grown as quickly I mean let's talk let's let's discuss that very quickly a couple of years, in literally really i mean i believe that's one of the reasons why it's growing so fast because of the authenticity behind what you do um how have you handled the explosion of your brand over the last couple of years because it 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 has literally just blown up in the last couple of years
1: yeah you know it's a great question because you know i would say november 2013 um, so about, you know, a little over three years ago, I, I made a dedication and I remember writing it on a big board and I said, I'm going to tell my story everywhere and anywhere anyone wants to listen. But I'm not going to tell my story to where I'm I'm selling my story. You know, I'm not putting it. But I, I want people to know that, you know, I worked for the Department of Defense for nine years. I've worked in cybersecurity. I've, I've deployed some of the largest, you know, computer initiatives, software initiatives in the world. You know, I've been to 45 countries deploying, you know, for the U.S. government. But I would say the last three years, so much of my success has also been in, you know, it, there's a difference between being yourself, And ultimately, allowing your vulnerabilities to be one of your strong suits. And, you know, I was at the Inbound conference um, in November of this year and or of last year. And and at Inbound, the title of my keynote was Limitations Inspire Creativity. And for me, my limitations, you know, I as an entrepreneur and and someone, you know, Chris, you know this. I, I reached out to you early on in my entrepreneur journey because I, I had worked in enterprise, and I loved enterprise work, and then I worked in a startup, and I grew a startup that was, we were hiring 12 new employees a week that reported to me, and it was amazing, and I, and I didn't jump into entrepreneurship because I hated my enterprise life or hated the startup I worked for, but my true passion was I wanted to impact more people. I wanted to be able to, to allow myself the opportunity to grow without limitations but one of the things that I realized more so than anything else was I didn't understand the the basic nuances of entrepreneurship or even marketing for that matter and mm-hmm. you know I had never built an email list for myself I had never outsourced anything within my in my world of an entrepreneurship I was I was keynoting on stages that had 13,000 people on it because my enterprise company was the was the sponsor of the event and they got to have that spot and you know, I delivered and I had so much amazing opportunities, but I became an entrepreneur and I couldn't get the side stage of a small event. And I think for me, it, it keeps me grounded in the sense that I'm very lucky that, you know, you know, a lot of the things that are my success are oftentimes sharing my failures as openly as I do end up being the reason that people champion my success. And, you know, this podcast that I launched in November, you know, late November, early December so much of my success on that podcast has to do with people that have seen me cry on Snapchat, have seen me, you know, the day that I lose a, you know, a six figure month, uh, you know, client. And I'm like, I'm devastated and I don't, I don't even know where to go. And because I've realized that we're not alone when we start sharing those things, I'm not scared to tell people that I don't know things, but at the same time I will tell you failure sucks no matter who you are. And, (laughs) Even if you're sharing your failures, it doesn't make it any easier. And I would say as many great things as I've had happen over the last two and a half, three years, I've also had massive failures and massive mistakes. But because I'm not afraid to own those, I would say that's what's allowed me to grow kind of at maybe a pace that people didn't believe you could grow in in this arena. And I'm very lucky as well to have not only an amazing community, but certain influencers, leaders, mentors that have looked at me and said, just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, those little, those little messages from certain people are what keep me motivated to not only keep sharing the failures, but also know that I'm making a greater impact than maybe my own sunglasses would allow me to see.
0: Sure. How important is that impact to you long term?
1: I can tell you for me, you know, I say what gets me up every morning is I, be- I love connecting great people with great people to do great things. And that's, it, it took me a long time. I thought, you know, I, I wanted to build a job that was a technology evangelist. And Guy Kawasaki and Robert Scoble, Guy Kawasaki with Apple, Robert Scoble with Microsoft, they were my, my North Stars for a long time. I wanted, I wanted to build what they did. They, they built an amazing you know, cult-like following, and they had a community, they worked for these big companies. And as I started really diving into being a technology evangelist, my clients my customers would say Brian you're not helping me with technology for the most part you're helping me with with people problems or you're inspiring me to you know to hire a new type of person or you're motivating me to do this and it took me a while and i would say it was about a year and a half ago that i quickly realized that it wasn't the technology that i cared about it was actually change i love helping people embrace change look at change even examine change in your in your life, in your business, in your social media strategy. And for me, being able to, you know, those messages, when I get off stage, you know, and I did 50 events in 12 countries in, in 2016. When I get off stage and someone tells me, Brian, you're the same person online as you are offline. Yes. That, that's my favorite. There's no compliment that is better to me because I don't think of one as the other. I think of what, the online world has allowed me to connect with people that I would have never had the opportunity to do so. But at the same time, if you're not great at what you're doing and you're not willing to dive all in, just because you have the opportunity to meet people around the world doesn't mean you're going to be successful. And I think, to me, that's why you know the offline events, it's the connecting with people online, it's the opportunity to be on stages. And I'm, I'm, I'm truly blessed because I love what I'm doing. I get up every morning right now, and I, and I absolutely love it. But I will say, as an entrepreneur, just because I love it doesn't mean I'm not still living month to month, right? And I think that's a misconception. You know, people talk about hustle and, you know, if you work more hours. And, and right now, where I'm at in my business, I'm still figuring out where I'm going to go. And I haven't figured out how to maximize my time. But I do wake up every morning excited for what I'm doing. Ultimately, I hope that leads me to this path. But, um, you know, much like I was talking about earlier I I will never claim to say at this moment right now I've figured it all out, but I'm excited every morning when I wake up to figure something new out and maybe even fail in a new way.
0: Well, I mean – I can tell you something right now for someone who's been an entrepreneur pretty much exactly four times as long as you, you never will figure it out. <laughs> that's that's the beautiful thing about the journey that we take as business owners is that particularly in the world that we live in now, maybe not so much 30 40 years ago, but the world that we live in now, the rate at which things as a whole, just change. There's a nice technical term. Things, right? The rate, at, the rate at which things change nowadays, in regards to how we interact with customers, in regards to how we processize our our business, and you know everything else to do with running and building a successful company. Things change more more quickly today than ever so before in the history of business. Period, and it'll only continue to speed up. The only difference between those that truly survive and become successful compared to those that don't is those that do become successful simply don't quit. It's that simple. Love that's it. that's Love honestly what I've seen over and over and over and over again in the 12 years that I've been an entrepreneur. I know people that started companies around the same time as me who are now back in corporate jobs because they just couldn't cut it uh and you know they're all they're always you know wanting you know uh, an ear to wag and you know they're always wanting a shoulder to go oh, i hate my job i hate my but well dude you shouldn't have quit you shouldn't have quit because you were almost there you know and well, yeah, so and
1: that's a, that's that's a such a tough world I, I i know you're having me as a guest but you know chris i look up to what you've done and what not only you've been able to do as a business but your ultimate goal is you're helping other other entrepreneurs grow. But do you feel that there is too much focus on maybe the 1% of successful entrepreneurs and not enough focus on those that are the entrepreneurs that aren't quitting? Because I will say, you know, I, I will openly admit, and this might shock people that have, have known me for a while, but, you know, in 2016, I've, I've had one of the best years I've ever had as a speaker, as an entrepreneur, I thought multiple times a month about quitting. And maybe that surprises some people, maybe it doesn't. But why is that to me, I I don't believe like when I was getting into entrepreneurship, I didn't think about the the willpower to, to prevent yourself from quitting was something that was to me such a strong characteristic because, I mean, it has to be because some mornings I wake up and I want to throw up because a, a client is is rejecting it, or they want to, you know, they want to move their their contract to net sixty and and pay me sixty days afterwards, and all of <laughs> these things. But then, you know, at the end of the day, I get I get a message from somebody, and they're so excited, and I'm fist pumping, and I'm going to bed saying I love my life. But for me, and I'm so glad you said that. the the will the the will to not quit is it's a struggle. It's a, it's a it's something that you yep. you do have to have it in your blood to really do that. But do you feel that there's maybe not enough attention on that? Because as you're saying that, I'm nodding my head and excited, but I I don't know if I knew about that before I got into this role.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. and and I don't think many people actually do. I think that you're right. I think there's not enough onus put on. On the whole idea of not quitting, I mean, yeah, we can we can look at a you know a Gary Vaynerchuk uh, Instagram wallpaper or or whatever you know and, and get some inspiration like that. But I think no, you're right. I don't, I don't think there is enough focus on the concept of not quitting. I mean, everybody knows that if you have big enough dreams, you are more likely to find and experience those dreams if you don't quit. On them, right? But I think that um, unfortunately, society has led us to believe that in order to become successful, we have to work our asses off (laughs) all day long. And the problem with that is that it's broken. It doesn't bloody work. I can tell you that right now. I tried doing that for three and a half years when I started, and I burned out. I put myself in a hospital for two weeks with acute exhaustion and acute depression. Wow. So, you know, that's my burnout story, which you can get, you know, in the archives, you guys listening in at some point. Just, just uh, search for Chris Burnout and you'll find well, it. I, I tell um, you
1: what, there's a, there's a sticky note on my monitor that has been here all 2016. And it just says simply, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing that I've had to do as an entrepreneur is that working hard to me has been easy. Yeah, I can put twenty hours in. I can put my, I can work on all these. I, and I'm always, you know, I'm the guy that believes in multitasking, and I'm the guy that believes in having my hand in all these different things. But I, I, I will, I couldn't agree more. And I haven't hit that that burnout to where I'm hospitalized, but I have hit the mark where my focus in 2017 is to do less. And that's not that's not probably something you're going to hear a lot from a lot of people. But I, I, 2016 has been, you know, I did 14 weeks in a row on the road speaking at 17 different events yep. in five different countries. And it was the most amazing ride that I've ever had. But I got done with it. And I wasn't, you know, it's that whole idea where I thought I would feel like a champion. I thought I would feel <laughs> like the greatest person of all time. And I felt like I worked so you know, so hard for so many hours and what did it get me? It got me to the point where as I was done, I was tired, I was burnt out, I was away from my family, I, I questioned some of the decisions I made and, and I really think I think that working smart for me will be another focus for 2017 and maybe that's the focus for every entrepreneur every year but I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I, I love and believe, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk has had a big impact on me and the joke is even on my new podcast, I I talk oftentimes about where Gary and I disagree because I don't have the same goals and the same mission as Gary. Therefore, I shouldn't work with the same pace and the exact same methodology. But ultimately, I understand what he does that's successful. And then I interpret that to what I can do that's also successful. But I mean, 2017, those that are listening to this right now, my my true focus is without question, working smarter, not harder.
0: Yeah, well, I... Couldn't agree more with you. In fact, I wrote a blog post. Um was it a blog post or was it a I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pop into my own mental archives here. I believe it was a, a Periscope session in late 2015, which is up on the blog, and you can you guys can search for this. We'll put it in the show notes as well, where I wrote about um, why you need to slow down to actually achieve more. And it I mean people ate it up. They loved it because we all like the idea of working less hours, right? We all like the idea of doing less, achieving more, et cetera, et cetera. But when, you, when I put it out there and I talked about rebooting and regrouping and refocusing on what I was all about, what I was doing, people ate that stuff up. And I'm sure that you know, going in, in the, the rest of 2017, you, Brian, as you start to take the foot off the gas a little bit, what will happen is this, man. You will slow down, okay? You take your foot off the gas of a car. It slows down. And what happens is you really actually start to notice on what's going on around you. Mm. And you're not just focused on getting to where you need to be next by speeding down the road. And I have found that when I slow down as much as I possibly can at any one time, more doors of opportunities open to me. I see more problems which can be fixed before they become a problem for me and my business and my team, my customers. I also feel better about what I'm achieving because of the fact that I'm being more uh, uh, I guess kind of focus driven and more uh, looking at the pers- you know the, the perspective of doing less, but also I know that when I do less, I always achieve more. I always achieve more, uh, and that that's not just business as a whole. I mean, we can, we can go as laser focused on that as possible. We could talk about the podcast, for example. Right. Um, you know, all I do for this podcast and all I've done for, for at least three years, probably more close to four years now for this podcast is record it. I don't edit it. I don't do the show notes. I don't publish the damn thing. I don't do anything. I don't do anything wow. except record it. My team takes care of everything else. So I'm doing less but I'm achieving more because I know that I can keep my foot down on the gas and just cruise along with it and just carry on providing value and and the same could be said for anything for anything at all. So I like the focus of 2017 Mr. Fanzo. I got a good feeling about it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I tell you what, you know, I love being a guest on a you know, and for anyone that's listening one of my one of the things I take pride in is that I've I've been very blessed to have lots of opportunities and I I believe that, you know, my success has been not only seizing opportunities, but looking at every opportunity as an opportunity to learn as much as an opportunity to give. Mm-hmm. And, and, Chris, I can tell you, I'm taking notes on my phone on Evernote right now as, you, as you're giving that advice. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm writing these things down so that I can you know, help my team as well as myself um, you know, learn as we go. So I, I appreciate it already. I'm already excited.
0: Good, good, good. Well, that's good to know. And, and, you know, not only am I trying to help you, I'm trying to help everybody listening in as well. So let, let's um – Let's deep dive here for the for the last section of the call. Let's talk about the new podcast. Let's talk about how you launched this thing. It's called FOMO Fans. I am um, assuming that means fear of missing out, or it could be a fanzoism. <laughs> have you made, have you made something else up for the term FOMO, or is it actually fear of missing out?
1: It is actually fear of missing out. Okay. Um, and I feel like you know for twenty sixteen, even most of twenty fifteen. You know, I am the tech guy. I have five different phones and five different networks because I was building out live video strategies with Periscope and Facebook Live and Meerkat, of course, when that had, was existing. And so much of what I was trying to do for the longest time was really help people embrace that fear of missing out, help them understand the tools that I use, understand the thought process and walking them through all of these things. And and I started to realize that they, most people, you know, I don't have time for that or, that's not my passion or that's not my thought process and it was kind of a light bulb that went off you know halfway through 2016 you know as i was getting off these keynote stages was people aren't looking for me to to help them get to they want me to give them two things they want me to give them permission permission to not only miss out but permission to find an opportunity to allow them to get what they need to know but without being overwhelmed and the second part was they were looking for me to inspire or motivate them to jump on a new technology or a new social network mm-hmm. and most of the time they were disappointed and, and to me you know there's nothing worse than like people coming and saying Brian I'm, I was just disap- I was disappointed like I thought you would you would inspire me to be all in on Snapchat or you would make me do this but you you didn't really do that you just kind of gave me the features the benefits and you're going to make me make that decision and that's been my I think that's been my pride and joy is you know, none of these brands, none of these networks, none of this technology, they're not paying my bills. I want to help people understand what those opportunities are, what those new features are, and then allow those people to decide what's the best for them. And so this podcast and I actually mirrored it with a a a weekly newsletter, email newsletter. The whole goal of FOMO fans, and that's fans with a Z or a Z at the end, is I want to help cure their FOMO. I don't want people to feel like they're going to miss out on trends or technology or the latest and greatest. Or even with, you know, my, I have an amazing community, but they would tell me, Brian, I can't follow you everywhere. And, and like, where can I go just to to make sure that I'm, I'm in the know. And I kept answering that with like, follow me on Periscope, follow me on Facebook Live, you know, Twitter is my number one platform. And I love Twitter. And I realized if, if I really want to, keep it simple, stupid. You know, if I want to allow people to do what they do best, and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what I believe is, is our future, right? We, the reason technology is so exciting is not because it's going to replace jobs, but because it's going to allow us to focus on what we as humans do better than anything else. And I, I looked at, my, at myself and said, how can I give that to my audience? And so I've launched this new podcast called FOMO Fans. It's a, I guarantee there's a show every week But some weeks, depending on breaking news or or trends or technology, there might be three podcasts in that week. And I'm kind of embracing the idea that it's my first solo podcast. I've I've had a podcast that I've co-hosted now for about two and a half years. I love that one. It's called Smack Talk, which stands for Social Media, Mobility, Analytics, and Cloud. It's a very geeky, fun podcast that I do with my my co-host Daniel Newman. But I finally just jumped in and said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm going to launch my own podcast. I'm going to leverage live video, which I've invested in very heavily, you know, not only with strategies but my personal brand. And my goal is to help people not have to fear missing out. But I'm going to cure that. I'm going to, I'm going to allow you to not have to feel like you have to tap into everything. But ultimately, you can listen to my show. You can you know check out the show notes. You can look at some of the links that I'm sharing in my email newsletter, and still stay on top of what's happening tomorrow while focusing on what's going on today and I think that's something for me that is my true mission if, if people can focus on what they do and what they love doing while also being clued into what they should be thinking about for tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, it's a win-win and I can tell you what so far this podcast has been uh, above and beyond more than I could have ever wished for and we're still in, you know, a couple months in and I, I, I'm very lucky and very blessed
0: I love it awesome tell me about the launch so you know because you, 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 you had a crazy line. <laughs> I did. Let's you, not mess you, around, right? As, that's true. I mean, I, Look, I get a lot of questions from people. And allow me to interact, uh, interject this real quick. I get a lot of questions from people about podcasting, particularly inside the Youpreneur community because we're all about rich media and building out your portfolio of, of content and all the rest of it. So the one thing I always say and, I mean, you can go back years and years and years of me talking about podcasting. And I'm no podcasting expert in any stretch of the imagination. But I have launched several and have always been launched very successfully. And I always say the same thing. You've got to treat your podcast launch like an event. you got to treat it like an event. you got to make it loud. you got to get as many people to it as possible, as many people talking about it as possible, etc., etc., But you took that shit to a whole new level (laughs) when you launched this show recently. Come on, break it down for us, man.
1: Well, so, you know, and I think to me, you know, like I've never wanted to use technology for technology's sake. I never wanted to get onto a new app or a new trend just because it was the latest and greatest. But I wanted to understand how could I leverage that to ultimately provide value for my fans and my community, but also, you know, let's face it, we all we all need to make money and and, and grow a business. And, you know, I've been doing live video since, you know, Meerkat came out of South by in March of 2015. I've been very blessed to have a lot of success in live video. But there was lots of questions along the way of Brian you're giving away free content. You're doing all of these things throughout. You know, you're giving people all of this access into your strategy, into your mentality. You know, m- my blog is pretty much a mind dump of everything that I do. And, and people kept asking why. And the one word that I, I hope the listeners of this podcast can take away is it's the word access. Access. And access for me is how do you give people access into who you are, what you do, the products that you that you live in the experiences and if you can give people access to things they can't get anywhere else and you allow them to participate right and chris you do a great job of this and there's very few people today that are are still understanding that true power of live video live video it's not because you can go live from anywhere in the world but ultimately it's because you can go live and let anybody who's watching ultimately impact and drive where your content goes. Yes. And for so many people, the reason we create all this content, the reason content is king, and I'm giving air quotes for those that are are listening, you know, like (laughs) content is king because we want, like nobody cares what you do. Like what you do does not excite me. What you do is not why I share your content, (laughs) but how you do it, why you do it, how it impacts me as a, as a entrepreneur, as a fan of your podcast or of your show or of your services. And I can tell you, you know, I, I've been very blessed. I've been building a community on digital. And and what I decided to do was I kind of brought all my worlds together. And I, I did a lot of I told people, I'm gonna give you access to the launch, I'm gonna give you access to behind the scenes, I'm gonna give you access to like, you know, my decisions on how how many times a day or how often I do things. And I was doing Snapchat stories and a Periscope and and I went live. Um, and th- the interesting thing about it was I scheduled to go live on a Monday at the end of November. And, you know, as a dad of three girls, I unfortunately, you know, out of nowhere, my my youngest daughter ended up having a very important eye doctor appointment. And the eye doctor appointment was early on that Monday afternoon. And I expected it to be an hour. and ended up being two and a half, three hours. And what I decided to do was I needed to postpone it. And it was not an easy decision. You know, anyone that goes through a launch and goes through all of the, the content strategy and the promotion behind it, the last thing you want to do is change it. And I, I realized that I just need to change it. And I need, to, I need to embrace it. I need to own it. And I told people why. Like, hey, you know, life happened. This is what happened with my daughter. I ended up having to go to the doctors. And I, I can honestly say I was very nervous that next day on not sure how my launch would go, not sure mm-hmm. what, what, what all that would go. But for people... And afterwards, I started asking. They would say, Brian, we were part of your family. We were part of your team. Yep. And when you had to postpone that launch, we, we weren't disappointed. We were excited for what we could make that happen the next time. And we understood. And you know, I went live on a, on a Tuesday when I was supposed to go live on a Monday. And I ended up having over 15,000 people. My most successful live video of 1,800 live videos I'd ever done my most successful one happened to be with my biggest product launch, my biggest event launch. And it happened to be a, after I had to change the time and I started asking people like, why did you care? Why did you show up? And it was because they also know that I'm human like they're human and they might look up to me and they might think of me as the person that inspires and motivates them. But because I had a change and, and life required me to make that pivot, you know, I was blessed, I, you know, I had 15,000 people Tune in and watch that forty-five minute live broadcast uh, of my very first show. You know, in that first week, I had you know, you know, 4500 4, people download those ep- that episode. Uh, you know, on podcasting, and you know, I've launched, I-, I launched the first podcast two and a half years ago, and I and I knew what it took. And for those that haven't launched a podcast, it's it's so much work, and there's so many things that go into it that most people just don't understand. But also, your know, majority of podcasts don't even make it to the seventh broadcast because, you know, it's one of those things that consistency is important and repetition and building a community. And, and for me, the launch was better than I expected the the outpouring of support was better than I could have imagined. And even, you know, I I talked about it on that show. I I gave people insights into my thought process and I said, you know, I don't have a sponsor for this show yet, but I, I wasn't focused on it being sponsored. I was focusing more on, hey, I wanted to give you guys access into who I am. And within 30 minutes of me going off air, I had four large brands direct message me and say, we want to sponsor your show. Not because you said you didn't have sponsors, but because you were able to pivot and your show is about you know not missing out, but also realizing that life happens. And, and as someone that you know believes in that people want to be more connected with people that are like them, the fact that I was vulnerable and I and I admitted to you know the fact that I was so nervous going live that next day and I don't get nervous doing live video, but I was nervous because I put a lot of weight into that launch and I had to change the date, but I think ultimately it was probably the greatest decision ever. And and even those that were messaging me, they were like, Brian, did you do that on purpose? Like I felt like I missed out on a show that's about the fear of missing out. And I was like, I kind of wish that I was that smart of a marketer that I would have planned that. But I I was blessed. Um, November launch was amazing. And, you know, the ride since then has been uh, I'm very I'm very lucky. And the show can go from one show a week to three shows a week. And uh, the audience so far has been pretty amazing.
0: Well, I, I'm gonna, I, I mean, I can't wait to tune in on a regular basis. And I'm sure that a lot of the guys, you know, listening to this show today are going to be checking it out without a doubt. Um, I'm pumped you were able to come on the show and share a little bit of the journey. And, and I mean, obviously, this is just the beginning. I mean, you know, it's just the beginning, Brian. I mean, like, I, I, let's make sure that we get you back on the show, okay, by hook or by crook, by the end of this year and have a complete update as to where you've gone from where you are now to say seven, eight months from now, maybe even towards the end of the year, so we can get a full year's worth of of storytelling in. Because for me, I like to go back and see what people, people have done when they've already got that momentum going. You know what I mean? I love uh, it. I love and, it. And I, actually,
1: that's, that's probably one of the things I've done the, uh, a lot recently, and I, and I love the idea of coming back, and I would, I would love that opportunity. Because for me, not only reverse engineering my success, but you know in the speaker game, especially, you do a lot of things for free or for very little pay, or you know i was I was taking influencer gigs and then spending my nights after the gig was over and I got all this like publicity of you know i'm hanging out with all of these popular social media people, I would spend the night you know managing a social media account and doing the grunt work because for me like to be able to do the free stuff i had to, I had to also pay my bills. And now looking back, like being able to reverse engineer, like each, ref- you know, let's say each friendship, even, you know, the opportunity where I said, yeah, I can go to that event. But you have to know that I have to do A, B and C as well. You know, like the opportunities that I've had and and you said it yourself and I, you know, Marcus Sheridan uh, said it to me earlier this year, you know, or late 2017, 2016. And he said, you know, Brian, if there's one thing that I could give you credit for was that there's never been an opportunity that you've been presented that you didn't make the most of. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, that to me warms my heart. And if I had to give anybody advice, any entrepreneur, anybody that's out there, it's not about creating millions of opportunities. It's ultimately about how do you make the most of the opportunities that you're either given or you're seeking? Because if you can make... I mean, it's not about offline or offline or it's not about disconnecting or it's about, hey, this is the opportunity I have. This is where I'm in that moment. Can I make the most of that one moment? Because if you start making the most of multiple moments, that builds up so much quicker than all of this other stuff where you have all of these crazy um, you know, goals and ambitions. So I would love to come back a year from now because I can tell you I have, I have lots of hope and lots of things that I'm going with with this show, but I also have a journey that... I've never had my own solo podcast. I've never run it this way. I mean, you're over 200 episodes, Chris. I mean, for me, you know, getting to episode 50, getting to episode 75 um, will be a trial. I've never been great at consistency. I've I've preached it. I I will get off stage and tell people that, you know, consistency is extremely important, but consistency is hard it's a hard it's a hard it's a hard thing to do especially if you don't see that direct you know roi mm-hmm. on, a, on a minute-to-minute basis but uh I, I would welcome the opportunity to come back at the end of 2017 and, and and share the journey from from now until we get there
0: oh we'll do it without a doubt we'll definitely do it um well thanks for being on the show brother uh i can't wait to see you just take everything up to the next level this year it's going to be great
1: my pleasure thanks so much chris for having me on
0: All right, for you guys tuning in, want to find out a little bit more about uh, Brian, you can do so. iSocialFansWithAZ.com or a Z if you're on the other side of the pond. And um, we're going to be putting show notes to that, uh, or rather links to that and everything else over in the show notes. ChrisDucker.com forward slash episode 201. I'll be back at you again next week when we have our very own upener, Ian Anderson Gray. On the show. Until then, take good care, be kind to each other, and go cure your FOMO with Mr. Fanzo. I'll see you later. Bye for now.